Is it a false economy to eat my sandwich at my desk? Absolutely. Welcome to Get Outside the Workplace Edition. It does everything from exploring ways to transform your commute with a cycle, run or walk. Very different lived experience compared to being in someone's armpit on a bus. To sharing tips on making the outdoors a workday habit. Look at those things that are getting in your way and find ways around them rather than making them the problem. We'll even consider why squeezing the outdoors into our working days is good news for bosses too. Some of the best meetings happen out there because people they, they breathe more, don't they, when they come outside. So head to getoutside.uk and stay listening to Get Outside the Workplace Edition and start letting the great outdoors transform your working day. So, right, I'm going to start my working day by looking up some statistics. Government fitness at work guidelines. Okay, so that brings up being inactive. It is as dangerous to our health as smoking. Wow. More than 25 million working days, this government website says, are lost in the UK to work-related ill health. And that totals costs of up to £32 billion a year for employers. So those are some pretty worrying statistics, aren't they? But what can we actually do about it? Well, over the next half hour, we're going to find out how One Workforce, that's the BBC local radio station in Devon, is tackling those issues and asking if you might be able to do the same too. And we'll also be asking the Get Outside champions for their tips on active workdays, starting this National Walking Month with a commute to work. Hi, I'm Anna Hughes and I'm an author, I am a cyclist and environmentalist. I've got a couple of books, my first one's called Eat Sleep Cycle and it's about my long, long bike ride around the coast of the UK. What difference does it make to you when you do manage to spend time outside within a working day? What happens to you when you don't? I am the same as most other people I imagine in that I'm at my laptop and I'm thinking I cannot afford to take time off, I've got so much to do, I just can't afford to take a break. And those days that I give in to that, and that I do stay glued to my laptop all day, I end the day feeling exhausted, depressed. I don't feel like I've even achieved anything anyway, regardless of the fact I sat at my desk all day. Whereas on the other hand, if I say, right, laptop's closing at 12.30 or whatever the time is gonna be, I'm going out, I'm gonna step outside, I'm gonna see what happens. I'm just simply gonna process what happened this morning. Even if all you do is just walk around for 20 minutes, that's fine, it's so important to kind of process what has what has gone on already that morning and then when you get back to your desk laptop opens again off you go I really find my productivity my happiness and my sense of achievement is greater on those days it's, it's hard though because you really do have to force yourself to do it I'm Zoe I'm a blogger at splosblogs.co.uk and I'm a get outside champion and as part of all of that I run a campaign called one hour outside what is one hour outside and why does it matter one Hour Outside is a small campaign that I run to encourage people to spend a little bit of time outside every single day. It sounds so simple, but it's really difficult for a lot of people who work full time, they have families, they have loads of stuff going on in their life, which means actually they spend the vast majority of their week 
inside in their house, in their office, at school, wherever it is, it's always inside and they barely spend any time apart from the distance between their car and their front door under the sky. James here it is six o'clock for lots of people actually that first bit as soon as the alarm goes off that's the most important and they might find that a quick run around the block sets them up for the rest of the day but if you've got a family while they're still sleeping you can get out and, and do that sort of thing but I'm not that person and so I'm not going to be getting up to the alarm and going for a run around the block I will however potter about do my chores at home and then instead of leaving five minutes before work starts, I'll leave an hour before work starts and I'll walk in. So I walk a three and a half mile commute in the mornings, leave my own front door, arrive at my work front door feeling amazing because even if it's raining, I can do that. So my name's Daniel Revin Ellison. I'm a guerrilla geographer, a National Geographic explorer, and I'm the founder of the campaign to make London the world's first national park city in terms of getting to and from work in terms of the commute. When I use City Mapper or if I use OS Maps to get from one place to another, quite often when you, when you look at the journey time, for me on public transport it's quite often just double the amount of time within a city to walk it rather than to get the, the train or the bus or whatever it might be. And actually that's a great opportunity to, to reflect, to think, to prepare for, to start to be creative and awaken yourself to the day ahead. It's a very different lived experience compared to being in someone's armpit on a bus and just dealing with, you know, all, all that, that noise. And at the same time, you know, you're getting some oxygen into your brain as well for the day ahead. I'm not an expert in these things, but I know, personally speaking, from my own life, that using the outside as my, my get-out, my happy place, if you like, and doing that a little bit every single day helps me make decisions, it helps me feel awake, it, it helps keep me motivated, it helps keep my eyes open and it certainly helps me think. Now habits are an interesting thing aren't they? We all have bad habits, well perhaps that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just you. <laughs> we all have bad habits and we all aspire to good habits. How do we make the outdoors a good habit? You mentioned some of the challenges we can all face. I can almost hear people feeling, I know, I want to, and I'm really cross with myself that I don't, and I'm quite, you know, I feel disappointed, but I can't because time, weather, it's logistics, so the commute. How do we manage? I work in a, a serious office-based job where I look out of the window and daydream, but I looked at my working day and I can get my one hour outside by walking one way to work and getting the bus home instead of getting in my car. Now that's a massive decision every single morning, especially when the sky's looking a bit dodgy. But that hour long walk, sort of three and a half miles into work in the morning and I'm done. I'm more awake, I'm ready for my breakfast, I'm ready to get on with some serious work and I, I can absolutely keep going then until I get a little bit of a, a, a brisk walk around the block at lunchtime. In terms of a gorilla geography type experience, whatever the outdoors is accessible to us within our working day, are there a series of tips or tricks that we can apply to whatever that outdoors space is that might help us just, you know, kickstart that, that desire, that curiosity, that engagement in it? Gorilla geography is radical, alternative, extraordinary, perhaps surprising geography. 
geographies that tap you on the shoulder when you least expect it, really. I mean, people are quite familiar with the idea of guerrilla gardening, guerrilla art, and actually even just those two practices are fundamentally about changing places in some way to get people to think differently or feel differently about a place. And guerrilla geography is just about saying, well, actually, those are a couple of techniques within a toolkit that you could use for getting people to think differently about their lives or the places around them. There's a, a great geographer called Duncan Fuller from the North, uh, University of Northumbria who had a project called the My Walks Project. And essentially his argument was that so often people engage in fast walking, a bit like having fast food. And he'd say you need to have like, like you have slow food, slow dining, you need to have slow walks. And he would just ask sort of provocative questions to encourage people to be inquisitive again, maybe like they did when they were a child. You know, you can ask yourself, what makes you forget where you're going? What makes you go the wrong way? What makes you take a beeline? What attracts you? What, re what disgusts you? And you can almost have a, a notebook of questions. And as you're walking around, intentionally be asking yourself these questions about this environment as you walk around. But the simplest thing is just to have a little photo project, even with yourself. You know, to photograph where, for example, nature is taking over from civilization, and look for those weeds that are punching through cracks in the pavement and just really enjoy that detail. Or look for watercolour paintings that have been created by the environment on the side of buildings. So you start to look for those, those creases and those folds and those stains, which, which, yes, when you see them on the side of the building in the context of the whole building, yeah, it just looks like a, a monkey stain. But actually, when you isolate it in the frame of the camera, it begins to look like a watercolour that maybe someone could have painted from one of the best art colleges in the country. So I think that if you challenge yourself to ask these questions, you begin to see things that maybe you wouldn't have, have noticed before. During the working day itself, I'd say that about 90% of my meetings that I have, I have as walking meetings. I ask people to go for a walk with me down the river, along the canal, in a local park. And all kinds of things happen, I think, when you have those, those sorts of walking meetings. I mean, for starters, you're not making eye contact so often with the person you're talking to, so there's less conflict and it tends to sort of make things slightly more chilled. I think that for me, there are all kinds of social and environmental cues within the landscape as well, which trigger synapses in my brain to think differently than if I was just in a, in a box room with no windows. So as you're walking through the environment, if I'm having a meeting about environmental issues or a, a creative idea about a film or whatever it might be, you know, you're seeing things within the landscape that start to get you think differently. And you know, there's loads of research to show that if you spend time in green space, being outdoors, physically active, then we are on the whole more mentally well, more physically well, more creative, more productive. So it not only makes sense for the employee, but actually why shouldn't employers across the country have radical trust in their employees and say, yeah, if it's appropriate, go and take this meeting outside, go for a walk. And if we have an opportunity to bond with our colleagues in alternative ways to doing Excel spreadsheets, whatever it might be, it might sound radical, but the evidence is on the side that actually people are gonna come back recharged, more productive, more creative, ready to go. It just takes a bit of brave leadership. So far, we've had some, some really good reasons to get as active as we can outdoors on work days and, and lots of ideas about how we might do that. What we're going to do right now is put them to the test because you're probably saying, these are all great ideas, but how do I actually, <laughs> how do I actually make them happen? 
So what I'm doing is I'm walking, had to be walking really, didn't I, uh, to BBC Radio Devon, that's in Plymouth, where they've been trying to help listeners be more active and also bring fitness and health into their workplace too. A happy, healthy workforce is better not only for us, the workers, but it's also better for employers. So let's go and find ourselves a boss. Hi, I'm Emma Clements and I'm the assistant editor here at BBC Radio Devon. Okay, Emma, so we're in a newsroom, it's a big room, lots of people working hard, lots of screens, lots of phones, lots of stress, inevitably. Should we head outside? I think that would be lovely, thank you. So down the stairs. Ah. Well, here's the great outdoors. And this is the reality, isn't it, Emma? It's fresh, it's raining. BBC Radio Devon has been doing a lot, hasn't it, through the Get Active campaign. Listeners, people, to get outside and be active, but also you've been doing that at the radio station as well. So how, yes. what, what's happened there? Well, we've done a whole range of things. I mean, people have tried different things to see what, what works for them, really. One woman joined a pole fitness class and would get, skip off at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and, and spend an hour doing a bit of pole fitness, which uh, was, was great and provided some material for the radio, obviously, but she loved it. And it was just a chance of get, getting to find out about what people do and how people can get active. We've had a bike in the reception, so if you have 10 minutes, you could just clock up a few miles. We tried to get round Devon. In total, there was, there was about 800 miles in a month that people people cycled between all the different teams which was great and you'd see people just popping on it for a few minutes and some people just liked the challenge one of our staff actually cycled 120 miles not all at once just in in little increments throughout throughout the day in the summer we've got we're lucky we've got benches around in private areas so if you are having a private meeting you don't have to stick yourself in a in a meeting room with no windows at the side of a corridor you can actually come and sit in the garden listen to the birds and actually some of the best meetings happen out there because people they, they breathe more don't they when they come outside and you can hear the birds and you can you can be more creative outside I think. We've had the suggestions that if you have meetings outside yes and also walking meetings we've started walking again you're an employer is that how you might see it might that be true in some cases? I think so you they're absolutely possible you have to plan them a bit better obviously because you can't just grab five minutes and and have that conversation and then move on to the next thing but we have tried to have walking meetings in the past you have to just be aware of who you're having that meeting with and what their abilities are but where it is possible I think we really should encourage it instead of booking a meeting room you might be able to book a bench Yes, book a bench. And if you can't book a bench, you know, just, just walk walk round. And I know loads of people do take the chance to sort of walk off round, round the block at lunchtime and come back quite, quite invigorated. I'm Janet Kipling. I'm the lunchtime phone-in presenter on BBC Radio Devon. We're in the studio and um, I'm preparing to go on air. So we've got to be quick. You have. <laughs> Talk fast. <laughs> Janet, this notion of being as active as you can be at work and it, hopefully, if possible, outdoors, how has sort of BBC Radio Devon's efforts to, to try and encourage that, how's that affected what you do? The best thing for me was the exercise bike in reception, which was there for a few weeks. Um, my producer and I decided we'd do three miles a day before we went on air. And actually, it, it was kind of competitive because we were notching it up to try and beat everybody else but it became quite a nice little habit 
and got me quite revved up to go on air in a way because I've just had lunch and often there's a bit of a slump feeling after you've eaten. So I'd still eat and then go on the bike and actually feel quite energised. And it was amazing how quickly those miles added up. We wanted to cycle from Exeter to Plymouth and Plymouth to Exeter. So that's my commute every day. So we wanted to add up to that, which we did. And how do you manage to fit being active outdoors into a working day, even if it's not directly at work? Get a dog. Dogs should be on the NHS. They are just the answer to so many things. So my dog's at home while I'm at work. Uh, so I make sure she has a really long walk first thing in the morning. So I'm out for about an hour. There's a couple of hills involved in that. It's lovely because I see people I know all well and good. And then I take her out again when I get home. And I live right in Exeter. And the best way to get around is cycle. So I cycle everywhere. I've got panniers. So I go shopping. I do all my chores on the bike. And just a quick thought, that exercise bike, come the summer, it could even be outside as well, couldn't it? Even if it's just in the car park. Oh, yeah, that would be lovely. Get a bit of sun, get a bit of, of time on the bike. That would work really well. BBC Radio Devon's mid-morning presenter David Fitzgerald has been helping the county get active. We did a little bit of brainstorming about it on air. Dull, monotonous exercise, no, but if you get out there, you can achieve things as well. Litter yeah. picking, uh, just yeah. bird watching, whatever. Absolutely. And so what top tips through the Get Active notion in terms of what you're doing on the radio have you seen make a difference? The first thing that I have seen is the amount of litter picks that are going on because mm. you can blend a beautiful piece of exercise with actually doing something that we have created watching people go out there and pick the rubbish up. And it's a fantastic result at the end of it. And you could even do that, I guess, I'm looking quite a lot about workplace uh, active health, as it were, active outdoors. You could do that in just, it doesn't have to be the whole lunch hour. Who actually gets a lunch hour? Anyway, um, yeah. it could, <laughs> but what it could be is, okay, let's just have a, a number of us spend 20 minutes doing some litter picking in wherever we are, bring it back at the end of it, feel good about it, been outside, been a little bit active, bonded as a team. Okay, so uh, it's, it's one o'clock. I haven't got everything done that I wanted to get done this morning, but... It's time to practice what we're preaching. So it is a lunch break, computer off, get outside. You can feel so overwhelmed in your job and think, I cannot afford to take a break because I have a, a to-do list as long as my arm. And do you know what? The to-do list will still be there when you get back, but you will have a much more productive attitude once you take a break. If you step outside and get some fresh air and spend some time thinking about other things, it means that your productivity when you return to your desk is so much higher. Is it a false economy to eat my sandwich at my desk? Absolutely. Generally speaking, people in the UK, we, we don't get paid for our lunch break. No. Our employer... No, let's just yeah. register that for we, a moment. We, we don't do not get, get paid. paid. <laughs> we work, a, well, in theory, a seven-hour day, but who exactly. knows what it is in, so in, that, in reality. That little bit in the middle where we're encouraged to take a break, but maybe we're encouraged to carry on working, that's really bad for us, and it's bad for our wallets, apart from anything else. So go out in your lunch break, even if it is very simply to walk to Boots to buy a meal deal to come back to the office to eat it at your desk. I'm not saying you have to go out for an hour in one go, although that's fantastic. Go out in your lunch break, make a habit of it. And actually, nobody thinks any less of anybody that takes a regular lunch break because it's better for you, it's better for your business, it's better for your colleagues because everybody just gets that moment to go, 
and relax before you go back to work in the afternoon. And I am going to play devil's advocate on, here, Zoe, because okay. I, can, I can hear some people, some yep. of my friends and some others, who say, yes, yeah, a lovely idea. And although, in theory, no one thinks any the worse for me for taking my lunch break, <laughs> actually, I've got so much work to do, yep. I am so stressed. I'm going to grab a sandwich and I'm going to sit at my computer and I'm going to plough on through. Loads of us, loads of people mm-hmm. do that, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And I'm definitely one of those people too, quite often. I know, though, by three o'clock... If I haven't taken that opportunity to even grab 15 minutes outside and go and get a sandwich and bring it back to my desk to eat it and carry on with my work, then actually by three o'clock I'm done and I I can't concentrate anymore. And if you plough on through, you're not doing your best work in the afternoon. A lot of research says this and a lot of employers know this and that's one of the reasons why that lunch break is so important i know it's really really hard and i know in lots of industries in lots of types of work you can't do that necessarily but in the vast majority of office-based work go and take a lunch break however short it might be and you will really see a difference in the afternoon and you will go home a much happier person at the end of the day and happy people are good people who work hard absolutely So, Anna Hughes, you've been trying to have adventures in your lunch hour. Imagine that clock is ticking. The lunch hour's started. What exactly are you looking to do? First of all, leave the building. (laughs) The most important thing is to get out in in the fresh air. During the winter months, if you do not leave the office during the day, um, you won't see daylight at all because you're getting to work in the dark and you're, re- you're leaving work after it's got dark. So your lunch hour is the only time that you'll be able to have that sunshine on your face and it's so important. It's so important for our mental health. Sunshine makes everybody smile. And it's also really important for our physical health in terms of vitamin D and all that kind of stuff that you tend not to get so much in winter. So it's important to simply leave, step outside, get a couple of gulps of fresh air. That's the kickstart to what we're after. After that, you can do whatever is possible. You know, whatever you feel that you have at your disposal within the time and within your capabilities and within the area that you live in. But essentially just getting out of that building, that's the key point. So the clock's still ticking. You've decided you're going to get out. Have you worked out in advance, do you think, where you're going to go? Or is it a mix? Do you plan it? Do you think, I don't know, can I experience this space in a visual way a sound way a sensory way smell touch taste yeah maybe sometimes it could be random it could be right i'm going to walk down this street and i'm going to keep going until i reach my 20 minute destination and then i'm going to see what's there and then i'm going to come back that's just kind of a let's just see what happens type of venture and there could be other times where you really challenge yourself to do something that's a bit more structured because i ride a bike i'm able to go a bit further so i might say right I am going to make an effort to visit every single one of the bridges over the Thames in the next month or so. And I'm going to take a photograph of each one and tweet it because, you know, it's a hashtag get outside kind of thing, you know. So um, it's just a fun little challenge I've set myself. It's just a little collection. Maybe you don't pressure yourself to do that every day because then if you miss one, you're going to, you know, it might be raining. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's having those little challenges or I'm going to find a new place to buy falafel on a Friday or whatever it is. You can set yourself those little challenges and see if you can make a collection of something fun. I also think there's something about just people's geographical imagination again about where things are. There's there's a lot of evidence to show that people just often think that the parks and green spaces and canals are either not for them or they're too far away or they're too dangerous. But the reality is that quite often they're actually really quite close. It's just that people don't know where they are. 
And if businesses put up on their walls nice maps that showed where you can get to within a, a five minute walk, a 10 minute walk, a 20 minute walk, then again, that will just shift people's geographical imaginations, their, their sense of place, and begin to think, well, actually, I didn't realize I could walk to that Sainsbury's to get my sort of sandwich and back within like my 40 minute break. And that means I can go and check out some coots and go and, I don't know, see the top of the hill and see a view and get some exercise or whatever it might be as well, rather than just sitting somewhere in a dark place, maybe on your own. Back now in the rain to outside the BBC studios in Plymouth with assistant editor Emma Clements. And that idea then, Emma, of just pointing staff towards the things that are around them, is that something that might work, do you think? I really do think it would because I've been driving to this building year after year after year, but I don't actually live anywhere near it, so I have to drive to it because I'm not walking 35 miles in the morning. But I don't really know what else is around. And I think that would be really a really nice thing to do and would encourage other people to maybe take a little step further. And it would be great because you'd get the people who live very close to interact with the people who don't. And then mm. I think new partnerships could develop. This is genius. I love it. Let's walk back into the building. And just a thought to leave you with, then various maps can help you do that. There's the OS maps has a free green spaces layer, and that shows things like parks, playgrounds, allotments, churches, graveyards, after all, um, quite often have a bit of sort of outside space and quiet space as well. So, okay, I'm inspired, Zoe. I am inspired. Give me five handy hints and top tips for that workplace around work, get outside. Number one is make the outdoors part of your commute. One way or both ways, it could be on foot, it could be on wheels, it could be getting a bus stop that's further away, but make that one hour outside part of your commute, split it up. Second thing is about, I think, this idea of walking meetings and saying, actually, do you know what, if we, if we trust our workforce and, you know, they don't need to be writing or typing or they, you know, can't do it later, why not have far more walking meetings? It's a great way to connect with people. So that's tips one and two. What about tip three? make the outdoors part of your lunch break use that time you're given by your employer that you're not paid for most of the time to go outside and spend a little bit of time in the fresh air in your lunch break it may be that you need to run errands you can do those on foot most of the time whether it's the post office or the bank or whatever else it is or just go and sit in the park with a friend and have a coffee and eat your sandwiches there and tip number four Look at those things that are getting in your way and find ways around them rather than making them the problem. And then a fifth thing, I'm not going to give you five things. Those are four fairly solid things, I think. Maybe a fifth thing would be... Find your own thing. Find your own thing. I think we were talking before about the guerrilla geography bit. I think there's there's definitely something about potentially being quite playful with it in your breaks in terms of looking to take photographs of things you're interested in. No one gets to the end of their working life and thinks, oh, what a yummy year of sandwiches I ate at my desk. But they do look back and think, wow, I I really experienced stuff. That was Get Outside the Workplace Edition with champions Anna Hughes, Daniel Raven-Ellison and Zoe Holmes and some of the staff at BBC Radio Devon. We'd love to hear how you manage to work being active outdoors into your working day and whether our tips might help. And remember to subscribe to Get Outside, one word, on your podcast app to make sure you don't miss the next dose of outdoors inspiration and information. And meantime, for more, head to getoutside.uk.